Hello, friends, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Video Games Podcast. On this show, we will be getting back to the who, what, when, where, why, and how of the past week of gaming. And that means that the who would be the usual suspects of a next-gen console year with Sony and Microsoft. Everyone was wondering when Sony would start to give us some further details about the PS5, and it seems like this upcoming week we are in for a treat with the announcement of the PlayStation 5 event that they are calling the Future of Gaming, which you can see on June 4th. The wording of the press release does lead to some wondering about what we will see there, but at least we know when now. And over on the Microsoft side of things, they released another press release on the Xbox Wire talking about the Xbox Series X and how backwards compatibility will work on the next-gen system. Now, I'll be talking about how it compares to what Sony is offering with the information that we already know at this moment. And as for the when of this podcast, we will start right after this short break. This week on the Xbox Wire, Jason Ronald, Director of Program Management for Xbox Series X, detailed how the upcoming next-gen Microsoft console plans to honor the legacy of Kane. I mean, the legacy of the past of Xbox. It details how everything you love about gaming should continue with you on your journey with the Xbox Series X, including games, progression, achievements, and even accessories. According to Jason Ronald, these ideals strongly influenced how the Xbox Series X was built from day one. And he said, our goal has always been to empower gamers to play the best version of games from four generations of Xbox at the launch of the Xbox Series X. And while speaking of the launch of Xbox Series X last week on the Video Games Podcast, I took an in-depth look at the PS4 and the Xbox One to determine when is the best time to buy a PS5 or when is the best time to buy an Xbox Series X. Now, you can check out that podcast on last week's episode, or if you would rather read the article and see the charts along with the information, then I'll leave it in the description. We took a look at price drops and exclusive game score average per year to deduce the best time that we could mathematically. Xbox Series X and Microsoft seem to be taking the skyscraper approach when it comes to beating the PlayStation 5. Now, no one knows what the fourth tallest building in the world is, but a lot can name the tallest building in the world. In case you didn't know, it is the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. The only thing that matters is that you have more. And when this comes to the Xbox Series X, they are touting that thousands of backwards compatible games will be available for the launch of the next-gen system this holiday. Now, it's no coincidence that they are choosing to make a big post on this when Sony and Mark Cerny had somewhat of a mixed message regarding how many games would be backwards compatible at the launch of the PlayStation 5. During the Road to PS5 talk with Mark Cerny, which in case you forgot was the talk that was very technical and supposedly intended for GDC, he said, We recently took a look at the top 100 PlayStation 4 titles as ranked by playtime, and we're expecting almost all of them to be playable at launch of the PlayStation 5. Now, it was this sentiment that caught fire on the internet with many people wondering why support for backwards compatibility was getting neglected, and this was also the first impression of that. And those are very hard to shake, and it now seems like the PlayStation 5 will only have around 100 backwards compatible titles at launch. This isn't the case, however, as the PlayStation blog followed up with a post a few days after the event with some further clarity on the issue. And they said, a quick update on backwards compatibility. With all of the amazing games in the PlayStation 4's catalog, we've devoted significant efforts to enable our fans to play their favorites on the PlayStation 5. We believe that the overwhelming majority of the 4,000 plus PS4 titles will be playable on the PS5. 
Although the post did not mention whether or not they would be available on launch day or later, but I rehashed the past because I think it's important to show that at the end of the day, it sounds like the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 will have a similar amount of backwards compatible titles available. Just not sure whether this is day one or not. Xbox will be ready on day one. I find it amusing, though, that Microsoft chose to title the article Thousands as the word that caught fire with Sony was Hundred. And as of right now, it seems that one of the key advantages is that Microsoft has come out and said that games from all generations will be playable. This isn't a huge surprise as Microsoft has made tremendous advancements during the Xbox One generation with many things including Project X Cloud, Game Pass, and bringing backwards compatibility to the Xbox One. I think it's the fear of losing that drove Microsoft to put this amount of effort into additional services as it was made clear that the same game can be played anywhere and that wouldn't cut it. Outside of being the taller skyscraper with backwards compatibility, one of the main points of the post is explaining how this process will work on the Xbox Series X and how innovation will provide the best possible version of this game. As you would expect, these games should load much faster, large thanks in part to the custom SSD that comes standard with the Xbox Series X, but the system has actually been designed with this feature in mind. According to the article, no boost mode, no down clocking, the full power of the Xbox Series X for each and every backwards compatible game. And this means that all titles run at peak performance that they were originally designed for, many times even higher performance than the game saw on their original launch platform, resulting in higher and more steady frame rates and rendering at their maximum resolution and visual quality. The benefits of the Xbox Series X for legacy games doesn't end there as the system features the ability to automatically add HDR to all backwards compatible games, even the ones from the original Xbox which launched in 2001, which is pretty incredible considering HDR wouldn't be available for another 15 years. Higher frame rates, better visual quality, and HDR all add up to what seems like a great way to play Fusion Frenzy. Finally, the last thing that the post mentions is how one of the touted features of the Xbox Series X, Quick Resume, will also be functional not just for current gen games, but for games dating back to the original Xbox, which sounds great and will allow you to keep multiple games from multiple generations suspended. Now, depending on what generation you feel like playing, you are hopefully only seconds and a quick button press away from being right in the action. All of these features sound amazing in a press release, but I would really love to see these features demonstrated to truly see how well it works and how easy it is. Now, it's possible that Sony and the PlayStation 5 will also have a lot of similar features that will make the games from the past better and maybe even include the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 3 games as well. But for right now, it seems like Microsoft has the biggest backwards compatible skyscraper. Which brings us to the PlayStation 5, and after months and rumors of speculation of an early June event, it has been officially announced that Sony will be holding the big reveal on Thursday, June 4th, and the event is titled The Future of Gaming, so there's no need to worry about overhyping the event. On the PlayStation blog, Jim Ryan, president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, gave us a vague detailing of what can be expected. The only thing that the post says explicitly is that it will feature games. And he said, I'm excited to share that we will soon be able to give you a first look at games you'll be playing after PlayStation 5 launches this holiday. The games coming to PlayStation 5 represent the best in the industry from innovative studios that span the globe. Studios both larger and smaller, those newer and those more established, all have been hard at work developing games that will showcase the potential of the hardware. 
He goes on to explain that the future of gaming will be the first of many events that are focused around the PlayStation 5, and that next week's event will be a little longer than an hour, which leads me to a few questions. First, what can we expect to see? Now, based on the Inside Xbox event that revealed the gameplay for the Series X, this episode of Inside Xbox featured 13 games with what was called gameplay that lasted around 30 minutes. Now, based on this... Uh, we can just extrapolate that data and assume that we are going to see around twice the amount of games that Xbox premiered. So you're looking at somewhere between 20 to 25 games, I would assume. What I am expecting, based on how Jim Ryan is phrasing his words, is that these will be some serious game reveals based on the generally negative feedback that Microsoft received for their lackluster titles at Inside Xbox. I'm also expecting that Sony saw what happened with how the consensus of the event and how little gameplay was actually displayed at the Xbox Series X event. Now, going back to the metaphor, this would be a perfect opportunity for Sony to build a bigger skyscraper by showing bigger games, better games, surprising reveals and actually showing off actual gameplay similar to what was shown at the Unreal 5 engine demo. It also presents itself as the right spot to explain how these games will take full advantage of the DualSense controller that was revealed a few months back or a month back or however long that was. This will explain why we need the DualSense in our lives. It seems like everyone has been saying, and myself included, that Sony has been dropping the ball when it comes to announcing the PlayStation 5 and not capturing attention. Mainly, they have been staying silent, but a lot of their silence seemed like it was forced upon them with COVID-19. Timing is everything, though, as the last taste that we have been giving of next-gen was a milk-toast event from inside Xbox, and this means that Sony has a massive opportunity to catch up to, if not surpass, all that Microsoft has been doing right with the proper reveal of stunning games and certain features some big picture questions arise from the post as well, such as will we see what the system actually looks like? And I would lean towards this being around 50-50. Now, Microsoft has already shown off the Xbox Series X a while ago, but with the post detailing how the event will be focused on games, I think it's possible that Sony might want to save the big box reveal for another big splash in the future. And how about the price? Will we see the price of the PlayStation 5? And I would say the chances of this happening are very slim as both companies seem like they are at a stalemate when it comes to reveals and official announcements. Now, you would always like the competitor to announce their price first so you have the opportunity to be aggressive with your pricing if you would like. I think the other reason that they won't reveal pricing is due to COVID-19 and how that's been affecting logistics. There was an earlier report this year about the increase in the cost of the PlayStation 5 that pushed the cost upwards in the ballpark of $375. This leaves me with the final question of what we are likely to see keeping in mind the information that we have right now. Now I would expect to see some strong first party exclusive announcements or reveals and possibly get some small teasers of games like Elden Ring as that would make sense as from software games have typically been more featured on PlayStation hardware. Now it would also be a great time to announce some of the big launch titles which will hopefully include the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, which is already over three years old at this point, and Guerrilla Games should hopefully be closer to finish that game if it's what they've been working on. Finally, I think the future of gaming event would be the ideal place to announce that PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 3 games will be playable on the PlayStation 5. This would be a great feature to have on day one and would help remove pressure from the launch lineup, which might be hindered from the global pandemic as development seems to be the sector of gaming that has taken the biggest hit. 
That's all for the podcast this week. As we are barreling towards the summer, we are also barreling towards more definitive games of a generation with experiences that are coming up like The Last of Us 2 and Cyberpunk 2077, and not to mention more concrete details of next gen. Now, next week on the podcast, it will be super exciting to talk about what happened at the PS5 Future of Gaming, but that's not now. So to end the show, I would like to say a big thank you for listening. And if you want to help, then please give us a positive review or a positive rating as that really helps us with the algorithms and helps us grow. And on that note, please remember that gaming is supposed to be fun and is a great form of escapism. So be nice to your fellow gamer, but more importantly, be nice to your fellow human.